Hello and welcome to the Animation Communication Podcast, your source for discussion about animation, film, fandom, and more. So please join your host, I Love Kim Possible a Lot, or KP, and Lauren Kizich, the Abbey Roadie, for today's discussion. If you like what you hear, please remember to support by giving a like, a follow, as well as subscribing to the main I Love Kim Possible a Lot channel on YouTube. Spread the word and keep being a part of a great community. This episode contains heavy adult language and is not appropriate for young children. Can't! Hi everyone, welcome to this week's slash month slash whatever um, episode of Animation Communication. We're in the process of kind of revamping the show, so, you know, I don't know how often we'll be doing episodes at this current point right now, so bear with us. Um, but going forward, a lot of the podcast should be chill and behind the scenes and, you know, helping me keep my sanity going and by talking to the internet and, you know, hopefully someone listens, maybe possibly. So we don't have Lauren today. We have another person that is not Lauren. So, um, his name is Anthony and we'll be talking about like just general, um, challenges um being on the team as far as in a leadership position or just like transitioning into leadership doing anything um regarding artistic or creative projects so that's what we're here to talk about so anthony why don't you tell the people about yourself a little bit hello thank you for having me i'm anthony i've been on the team for almost two years now also which is crazy to think about too but uh, I'm the head editor of the team, and I just do a lot of miscellaneous things as well. So mostly editing, of course, as the head editor. But I handle the team members as well, keeping an eye on everybody and managing what people are working on as well to make sure everything gets done and doing other miscellaneous tasks like scouting for some people or conventions and calling people and interviewing people. So a lot of talking to people lately. Yeah, well... Well, he's 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 good at talking to people, so that's that's why I ask him to talk to a lot of people. But I think um, something that people don't realize too is there's just kind of like like a weird kind of symbiotic relationship with YouTubers or people who think they know YouTubers. Not that it's been a problem like lately because my peak of relevancy is kind of like up and down and up and down, and I don't know like if people, you know, even think about me except from that one time where they used to watch things. So hopefully, I, I don't know, I'm going to be I'm going to be shitting on myself this whole episode. Uh, but, you know, at least in the past, especially with a lot of the uh, the younger children, sometimes there's uh, not with anyone specifically, but just generalized uh, boundary issues and having someone in the middle to kind of help regulate that who people aren't consuming the voice or is it the primary producer of the content kind of makes things easier. So it's a weird, like, political thing, but essentially it helps everyone maintain healthy boundaries and stuff like that. So, you know, have you had, you've had, like, weird issues in general with people on the internet, right? Or not really? With people on the internet in general? Oh, man. Um, it's going way back then. I feel like the less I talk on the internet, the more problems I avoid. So I don't usually talk <laughs> on the internet. But uh, that seems like a good good way to do it. <laughs> as far as dealing with people that you work with on the internet, though, then it becomes another whole category of 
things because then you know you're constantly in communication with people but they're also technically a stranger on the internet despite how long you may know them you might not even see what they look like or know who what they sound like well i most likely know what they sound like but yeah it gets into another realm of of challenges and things when you work with people but okay um so we'll we're gonna do some just generalized news animation stories that are coming out um as we record this like ish currently and then we'll kind of break down more about both our experiences um both i mean i know i've talked about this kind of stuff before but i'm hoping by bringing anthony who's kind of a relatively new fresh whippersnapper i say that when he's been on the team for a little bit but you know um you know kind of talking about it from a different perspective might be interesting and you know creative and art it's hard so um i picked out some headlines do you have any do you do you have a preference on what headline we do first anthony no of course go ahead okay um so we have the proud family first of all have you been watching the the new proud family at all i haven't to be honest, the Proud Family was always that cartoon I saw on on at four a.m. like at sleepovers and stuff. So I never really was too into it. But I'm glad that it's back and seems to be good. Maybe. Yeah, um, it's it's like the fourth most trending thing oh, wow. on D- Disney Plus right now, which like baffles me. We talked a little bit about the Proud Family um, last time. Well, I say last time, but you know, whenever the the last podcast, the last podcast that we made um, about you know it coming back and it's just it's weird to me if to think about because i said this before but it's weird to think that we live in a world where we have a proud family reboot but we don't have a impossible reboot. <laughs> but we did have it the one time but every but they screwed it up because no one no one wanted the live action version at all i don't that was a bad idea <laughs> <laughs> live action movies do they even count as reboots because that is just I just think of like the Scooby Doo reboots, like where they had the the, the weird oh, creepy true. CGI Scooby Doo. <laughs> the Kim Possible is too good. They everybody at Disney knows that if it gets rebooted, they'll somehow mess it up, so they don't want to touch it. Well, you know, I I, I don't know why they did it the way they did it. You know, because they should have like I feel like it was just a bunch of Disney executives like on their silver platters who were just like or not silver platters like you know like in their big like round chairs being like you know what we like impossible let's do a live action movie not really you know asking people what they wanted like you know i don't know anyone who i'm trying to be as nice as i can but like i don't know anyone <laughs> like within my circle without side my circle who was just like man i i want a impossible movie and i'm just kind of like you know oh it's a reboot oh it doesn't have any of the original cast for, for the most part the these jokes don't work in a different medium i'm gonna cry yeah, it's the. It seems like the struggle with reboots, but it seems like they a lot of times don't get it right. So I don't know the formula yeah. yet. Yeah, I'm. I've been watching the Proud Family passively as it um happens, and I don't know if we'll get end up getting to a review of this. Maybe like after the I don't know how many episodes are in this batch of drops, but they've been dropping one episode every week. Um, but it's got a weird. My my complaint is it's got a weird um. What do you think of the word suspension of disbelief um, idea where a lot of things just like for the sake of the episode, the episodes are really, I mean, it's early 2000s Disney, so I'm not going to go too hard on it comparatively to now, but the episodes are really for- formulaic and a lot of times, except like with the exceptions of like the really good like race relations ones, um, a lot of times I feel like the episodes are just structured in a way to make a really basic plot work and then 
like even in that structure really not making sense like you know there's things like a helicopter like the the cold open for one episode is a helicopter like flying down to the football stadium at the high school and they're like we have a contest and i'm just like why is why, why is who who authorized this this, <laughs> this thing to happen so it has a lot of instances like that where mm-hmm. i'm just like that doesn't make any sense like i know is it a cartoon but like they just kind of it's it's not very serialized and they just do like we're just going to use cartoon logic to solve this problem and i'm just like uh, dig a little deeper guys so that's my issue so far with the proud family like i watched like even like the, the stupid fucking movie did you see the proud family movie like back in the day oh it vaguely is familiar but you'll have to remind me what it was about with the peanuts oh i think so the weird fucking peanuts where they <laughs> have to have a dance off and i'm just like i'm done this is, this is dumb <laughs> what dancing peanuts isn't an enticing plot are you implying i mean it's all about the context like there's stupid things in Kim possible but you know it's just the context of just like let's just make this as cliche as possible you know not like there's a new episode uh one of the new episodes uh penny canceled like an influencer and the influencer ends, ends up being fine with it and he's like oh i can i can donate my time to puppies now that's my my pure goal thanks penny penny proud and i'm just like well, that worked out nicely. What happens if that influencer was, like, wrecked emotionally from Penny oh, wow. being... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I'm just... Like, that's what I mean. Like, it it, it doesn't... it Everything is just kind of tied together too neatly to be particularly engaging. So, you know... Yeah, it's, it's, it's not so much like... Because, like you said, it's a cartoon, so it can have a certain level of, you know, cartoon physics and everything. But when it kind of just... When plots just end or don't really resolve and they just kind of brush it off because it's a cartoon, that's where it can get a little bit... Sounds like, yeah. Like, at least try a little bit more, like, you know, put a little bit of motion or something. Yeah, so I'm hoping, I'm hoping that the new, I'm, I was, the new one is a little bit better, like, defining the characters a little bit more. Um, Oscar being homophobic was something I didn't really expect to happen, but I guess someone needed to do it. But, um, I don't know, it's just, it's just weird to think about, and, um... Didn't they also write out a character because of an issue with, like, one of the voice actors? Yeah, they, they wrote out <laughs> Orlando Brown, who played mm, Sticky, and was Sticky, he was, yeah. like, some other guy, and that's a raven, um... Oh, the, because, yeah, yeah, okay. Because he has domestic abuse battery charges, you know, trouble with the law, Uh-oh. so I'm just like, yeah... Mm-hmm. yeah that'll do it i mean it sucks because it was one of their their strongest gags but you know that'll mm-hmm. do it <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that they just chose to write the character out instead of recasting them but well i think i mean it, it's very dependent on you know the company's relationship with the voice actors mm-hmm. like if they feel like the like orlando brown like defines sticky which you know sure then I feel like, you know, writing Mount is just better that to preserve his personality, I guess, if we're calling that, than recasting him. Because it's very it's very hard to find someone that is an exact T to, like, sound-alike-wise to a sp- uh, specific person, too. And then you have to get into issues about, like, oh, why is there a new person? Oh, I guess he did some battery charges. And then the same thing, I think, happened with um the kid who played Corey from that's a raven right he got yeah. he got arrested for being a pedophile or some creepy thing similar to drake bell i think right around the same time yeah maybe not as uh or maybe a little bit different but yeah yeah fun fact i one one, one time i saw jake drake bell in person before all this stuff happened and it was weird oh wow uh, <laughs> yeah 
Now you can say that you saw Drake Bell before he before, was. No, my, my biggest <laughs> my biggest brag is, is me meeting Tommy Wiseau, which people don't believe. Oh, and wow. then I have pictures. I think that's like one of my most popular tweets is just like, oh, I found Tommy Wiseau. And people are like, what the hell? <laughs> so he's a real person. And, and he is exactly like you would think he is. <laughs> he, likes to, he likes to twirl. Like if there's like any girls that come around, like he twirls them and stuff. And, you know. <laughs> Thank you, and Tommy. He, Thank you, thank you, Tommy. So that's my story. Um, so moving on, I guess from that, um, have you seen Turning Red yet? I have not. I'm still behind on Luca as well, but you haven't I, seen Luca yet. No, I I've used to be so good. I feel like once the movies got out of theaters, ironically enough, is when I didn't keep up as much with them. Some of like the Pixar and Disney, because that's pretty much all I watch anyway. But yeah, I need to see Luca still. But yes, Turning Red as well looks adorable, and I really want to see it. But yeah, I just saw Turning Red last night because I hadn't watched it um, yet, I guess. And it was um, it was cute. It was about as good as I thought it would be, you know, and period joke, haha. But um, which was weird to see in such a mainstream like Disney Pixar format. I mean, they didn't say the word period, but like that was I mean, this is not really a spoiler, but that's the mom's first assumption that's going on. She's like, I have all these pain killer killers and I have pads, so many pads. And I'm just like. <laughs> oh lord, that's uh this is weird. If you're not supposed to talk about periods, Pixar. What is this? A period piece? Those, those don't exist. You know, they Did don't you hear my joke? Them. Oh, I missed it. What'd you say? I said, what is this? A period piece to do do. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, that was a good joke. I need to say it again so he hears it. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think from my understanding there was a slight backlash because it made people uncomfortable about doing a, a movie a, about periods indirectly um i feel like I that's, guess. that's Sorry, dumb go but it's go dumb. ahead yeah <laughs> no it's it, it's dumb that that's even a thing that happens oh yeah no like that i think anything that you can educate a kid on that's not like like, like what's considered inappropriate a lot of times isn't really and i feel like yeah, that's something that is good if you can educate, even in a little... Like, I don't know exactly how they did it, because I haven't seen the movie yet, but, you know, if it makes you a little uncomfortable, like, I guess if you're going to watch the movie for enjoyment, that's one thing, but still, like, wherever you can put these, you know... I don't even, I can't even say lessons, but, like, for me, like, I didn't learn about periods and things until later in life than I should have, so, you know, it's... Yeah, that, that, that tracks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, so it... Something like that would help and just more normalize it, I guess. Uh, yeah. And that's, I think, what needs to happen with a lot of things as well. So, let's see. The last thing I have on the list of news things is... I just have it as the Buzz Lightyear thing, and I, we both know what that is. <laughs> so, do you know enough about the story to explain it, or do you want me to explain it? I think if you could explain it, please, for the audience and me who need to know. Okay, so, um, <laughs> the last couple... Like, the last month or so, Disney's been getting in trouble for being stupid. Um, basically, it got leaked that they were supporting specific legislation and i think people like in congress or something like that um and one of the laws they were trying to pass those congressmen were trying to pass was a law that kind of forbid talks about you know any form of like lgbtq plus spectrum in schools which is stupid essentially and then mm -hmm. that got leaked and bob chakowick or whatever the new pixar c the new Pixar, the new Disney CEO, he's of everything, made it worse. And um, so it, at first it got trending and then he just said, hey guys, we're sorry, we'll just try to change the world by making more inclusive content. 
Oh my god. And then that made it worse. And then he's just like, oh, well, sorry. You know, maybe that was the ba- maybe that was a bad take. And I'm just like, no, really? Um, <laughs> and then he's like, okay, fine. Okay, we've pulled out of the thing. I'm sorry. We were dumb. And then, um, and then internally what happened with the Buzz Lightyear thing is what I'm referring to is, um, so Pixar is making a new spinoff movie about Buzz Lightyear that is not related to the cartoon one that happened that went on in like the like the mid 90s right i think it was it was i remember it being on tv but not very long so yeah so um you know that that existed um you know by the the kp crew made that before they were making kp but you know i think that's why it's also not disney plus right now is they're waiting for Lightyear to drop and they'll be like by the way here's this thing that we have and they're like so the Aladdin, also the Aladdin series isn't on Disney Plus yet for some reason, but the Hercules series is. So I'm not sure what's going on with that logic. Or I don't think House of Mouse is on either. Anyway, these oh are gosh, the important things. Is yes. House of Mouse on Disney Plus. <laughs> That's more important than any of these other ones. It's House more of important. Mouse is the top priority. Ten out of ten. Um, but um, there was apparently supposed to be a same-sex kiss between. Somewhere within the span of the movie, I don't think it was about the Buzz char- Buzz Lightyear character specifically. Maybe it was like it. They didn't specify any of the 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 gender how the characters define their gender or anything like that. They just said it was a same sex kiss that got cut out of the movie, and then because of this, it got re-added into the movie, which is good. But you know, Disney. The thing that really bothers me is Disney. Like Nickelodeon has a much different approach of all these. This gay shit, essentially, <laughs> um, where they're just like, you you guys do whatever, it's fine. But Disney is so focused on their international market that they're just like, you do you, except not really. We're going to cut that last minute. So there was a point in the start, what um, the Last Jedi video that I did like a couple of years ago where they um, they had a same sex. No, it wasn't. I think it was She-Ra. Anyway, there's a, la- there's a gay kiss at the end of Rise of Skywalker. That's like just in the background, just so it's there. And then for the international market, they can cut it out. <laughs> I do remember this. Yes, I think I did. I might have edited that one because Shira was my first yeah. video. But I yeah. do remember at least you talking about that. And yeah, it's so it's like just the fact that it's such a minor detail and thing in the background, but it still had to be cut is like, yeah, that's, that's yeah. Disney. Unfortunately, what and they that, do. Yeah, that's, I mean... We all want to, like, believe Disney is the best company ever, you know? That's why everyone's working their butt off to try to get in. But at the same time, like, they seem to just want to do things and they don't really care as far as who it offends because they want to do things. Like, there was that fuss, like, a couple, maybe, like, a year or two ago when the Mulan movie came out where, you know, they kind of didn't pay attention to some, I think like, labor camps or something, like, pr- war prisoner camps or something like that, that China was doing in exchange of, you know, being able to use their land or something like that. I don't know the spe- uh, specifics, but it was also shady, and I'm just like, come on, guys, you have, you know, you're one of the richest companies in the world, you don't have to do this, and, like, that's my frustration, because Iger, um, so it was, it was, it was, um, Michael Eisner, Bob Iger, and then this new guy, uh, Bob Chapowitz or whatever. But yeah, Iger like didn't tolerate anyone's shit, and he would just be like, "Hey, you guys aren't doing pro-choice. Fuck you. I'm gonna not do shoot things in your state, and you won't get all that money." And they're just like, "No, please." And he's like, 
okay, you got to work with us. So he he did really cool cool bro moves like that. So I'm just kind of surprised that, mm. you know, this new CEO is just not incompetent, but, you know, I feel like that's a very, like, duh thing. And, and the fact that he had to do send, like, two or three emails before he just backed out was stupid. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I, uh, I tend to just believe that every head of every corporation now is just... <laughs> This is uh, problematic in some way. And so I just try my best to look at the people, like the random employees that are working on things and are passionate and and enjoy those. We can, we can, we live in a world kind of thing. So, oh, well, but I guess, I guess you got some homework to do, Anthony. And then uh, have you seen Green Eggs and Ham too? Because Green Eggs and Ham, this next season of Green Eggs and Ham is coming out like relatively soon. I still have not, no. Okay. Well, I have a for lot of homework this- to do. <laughs> for anyone listening, uh, I don't. I haven't decided if I'm going to review the season two of Green Eggs and Ham, but season one of Green Eggs and Ham was the best Doctor Seuss media I've ever seen. Um, keep in mind, I have a sore spot for the 2000 Grinch movie, like most millennials my age. Um, like hands down, like and you know, Guy is like the best character, and the animation is beautiful, and it's just so. It's like that's how you how that's how you fucking do an adaption where. Um, for those who don't know, and for Anthony, essentially, it's not the same kind of um, what you're expecting, like the old school '70s Green Eggs and Ham, where they animated it, and it was just like a uh, an adaption of the book. It's like a heist, and like every episode is like has tries to introduce Guy to eating Green Eggs and Ham, and he's not like really against it, but he's also just like, eh, you know, let's 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 not do it here. So. You know, and there's this big arc that happens with multiple characters, and it's the best, again, best Dr. Seuss media ever. And Dr. Seuss is a problematic, it's a problematic author, so, you know, I'm glad that he's, I don't know, get, po- canceling um, authors post them being dead is a weird kind of middle ground, I guess, so. <laughs> Penny will cancel Dr. Seuss. Penny Proud. Penny Proud. Yeah. Well, he's, he, I mean, he's dead, so he's already canceled, <laughs> but, you know. Yes, yes. I guess death is the biggest cancel you can get also. Yeah. Well, do you want to know my sad fact that why I'm, okay, so my sad fact for people who, I feel like I referenced this before, but, you know, whatever, I'll just say it because that's what podcasts are for. They're for talking. Um, so my sad fact is um, Dr. Seuss's wife, I think, had some kind of long-term illness i don't think it was cancer specifically it was some kind of really gross long-term illness and he um had an affair well she was dealing with that and then his former wife no it gets worse then then his, his former wife after he realized that uh committed suicide and then he married the other woman he was having the affair with dr seuss uh, now everyone's sad. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I always was just content as a kid when people would be like, Dr. Seuss hated children. And I'm like, huh, that's funny. He he did that. He Maybe he didn't like children, but he wrote good children's books. But that's a big yikes. That That is a big yikes. So I think, you know, it's a weird, I don't know. I think like in the next 500 years or so, we'll have this big definition of specific creators that maybe did some oof, oops things in their life that were just like, yeah, their work was pretty good, but you remember that oops thing they did, you know, because, like, if someone's creating nowadays, then, like, they might get, quote-unquote, canceled for, 
you know, something that is relatively minor when, you know, these these big creators are like, and then Picasso I, was a womanizer, and there's all sorts of like bad eggs out there that are just like, they're great because they contributed this to society. I'm just like, but are they really? So, you know. Okay, I'll, I have one more talking point before we go into the main story and, and just chill and talk. So anyway, um, for those who like My Little Pony stuff, um, if not, you can skip this. Um, there's a new My Little Pony comic book coming out. So for An- Anthony's not a brony. So essentially, Anthony, I will explain it to you like explaining it to the rest of the audience. Um, but essentially, Anthony, um, there was a side uh, comic called for, uh, that IDW made when the pony show was out where they had different spin-offs with different characters and it was kind of considered B canon because sometimes there would be directly conflicting characterization um, between the comic people and the show people and that was just because they were both happening at the same time and you know it was hard like you know communication was always there so there's like for example there's there's a um there's one episode where discord is around the CMC and he's just like uh CMC but comparatively, in the comics, there's a whole comic book where him and the, the CMC and him become friends. Do you know what the CMC are? No. Okay, I, was, I had a feeling. <laughs> so the CMC are like the little baby, they're not babies, but they're like the, the preschool-ish child children who don't have their special talents yet. They're, they don't have their okay. butt things. So they, and they have a club called the Cutie Mark Crusaders. So Cutie Marks are the butt things and they're trying to find their Cutie Marks. You get it? So, and they have some episodes in the pony show every once in a while when they're trying to find their whatever, their talents or something. Find their butts. Find their butts. Yeah, we can't find them. So, <laughs> so that's the example that comes off the top of my head. Cause I did both, I did a review for both of those episodes or not the comic book and the episode. And I did the comic before the episode i think it's been like five years i don't know anything about it but uh that's an example so well it's like so i guess people just thought oh if the show the show's the primary canon and that's why i never really paid too much attention to the comic books but the comic books were really good to be fair but i just wish they were closer about anyway um so there's a new pony comic book uh, with the new generation um uh, i don't know what i don't think it has a name right now it's just called my little pony but I thought it was interesting because basically the ponies are, you know, so it's, again, it's it's My Little Pony Generation 5 number 2 if people want to Google it. Um, but Sunny, the main pony, is holding what looks like a Discord, Discord's horn. So now, you know, people are going to think they're going to touch on this, like, really pessimistic, like, Fallout kind of style you know, recovering the old town and the whole ruins because um, the new generation takes place a thousand years in the future. So, like, everyone's implied to be super fucking dead. So, but Discord is a weird case because he's immortal, so we don't know what's happening. So, I just am really, really afraid they're going to kill off my favorite character, even though it's B-Cannon, so it doesn't really matter, but that would still bother me. Meanwhile, John Delancey's on Picard, and I'm not paying attention to it because I'm just, you know... I wish something more materialized out of that, essentially. But it's weird to see Picard stuff in my feed and just be like, oh, right, you know, that was a thing that happened when I was not not the age that I am now. So, Yeah, this cover is, is not what I was kind of expecting. It definitely is like, <laughs> it almost looks like a serious, like, dark, not like dark, but like, yeah, yeah, for people when they when they look at it, it's just very like... like my like, Little I- Pony serious. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe they'll make it somehow good, the lore, you know? 
Yeah, imagine you come out of you come out of Brony after like all this, and you're just like I'm ready to do My Little Pony. I'm like, oh, Anthony, you you missed the high point already. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get attached to like a character that gets written off, or or I don't know if characters die in My Little Pony, but um, like a character that's no longer no, like around. Not really, like... they sometimes they get turned to stone, but that's the worst that happens oh. to them. Okay. So, um, but you know, that's 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 temporary i don't know maybe maybe we'll send you to watch the, the pony show and you can be like so anthony tell me about what are your thoughts about the pony show and you'll be like it was great I'm like have more have fun there's eight more seasons and you're just like <laughs> oh no it's inevitable i think to to become a true full-on brony with my time on this team i mean the team's not really made up of bronies anymore i think like there's only like, like maybe half. that's true well, actually ha- yeah maybe like a half to a like 25 percent at this point so Mm -hmm. which is which is fine i don't really have a preference as long as they you know don't overcommit so speaking of overcommit we'll move to our on to our maiden story tonight which is dealing with team people and anthony's specific um way of of being a leadership and dealing with people because he does a good job and you know he's not allowed to leave now because i will cry i get well and this (laughs) this this whole Last couple of months have been not fun. I mean, it's always not fun for me because of all my issues. But, you know, specifically, it's been also not as fun just dealing with burnout and going back to school and dealing with all those emotions of, you know, going back to school and being sad and then being dealing with Toby, Toby time, who Toby is my puppy that I got December or so. So um, he's good for the most part. It's just been more challenging than I thought it would be. So, you know, it's a lot. But yeah, so Wani, I guess you can talk about like, like, you know, your first impressions when you were on the team, and then you can kind of continue on to like, you know, your relationships that you developed with people on the team and like how it is now, that kind of thing. And feel free to add things and I'll jump in as if I remember things if, you know, whatever. It's it's like story time with 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 Uncle Anthony. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I guess where to start. I guess before I became a head it was very much just being an editor, doing the things, keeping track, you know, communicating with everybody, but I wasn't really in charge of keeping track of people or anything. I was just one of the editors, so I would, you know, do the work I had to and keep people updated more so, but... Well, let me backtrack further. So why did sure. you want to be an editor, and then, you know, why do you like cartoons, and, you know, why are you oh. passionate about that kind of stuff? Sure, yeah, yeah. I've seen... That's been forever. I've always just loved cartoons, and... TV and everything, and I, back in middle school, thought about doing acting potentially, and then it kind of just shifted into, like, uh, just loving things about film, film classes in high school, and then college is when I really learned that, like, editing is what I love. I did editing and film courses, and um, I loved all the styles of filming, but the actual filming itself I wasn't as interested in, so I moved more towards the editing, and I had a lot of fun. I had a radio class where we made commercials and dramas for uh for for radio and it was a lot of fun and that was the biggest thing i think that really made me be like i want to be an editor and i like editing um and as far as cartoons i just grew up watching cartoons i had older siblings and cousins that we all were super close and liked the same stuff so whenever whatever they watched and liked i also watched and liked and uh then the anime phase that never ended got in starting in middle school. And so it's just always been consuming cartoons and, and media and things. What were the, what were the big, I mean, we're, we're similar in age. So like, what were the, 
like big animes back in the day because that was something I I missed out on and I probably should have been more open about it. But I I like Miyazaki now. I feel like that's 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 good enough. <laughs> <laughs> Miyazaki is the the truest form of anime because he. People, it's always a joke that Miyazaki hates anime just because of, like, the way it's, like, drawn in style, whereas Miyazaki does, like, such careful and details and stuff. Um, yeah. But those movies are fantastic. Yeah, they're beautiful and everything about yeah, them. Yeah, I, I am bummed, like, I didn't start watching Miyazaki till like, maybe college. I'm just like, man, I'm stupid. Like, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I've been on, like, oh, an- like, animation's such a great art form, but I'm just like, I- anime, uh, I don't, I don't know, those weebs, man, are, are a little <laughs> sus. <laughs> See, yeah, I always just had this mindset of, like, once I reached a certain age, I was just, like, anything new is, like, stupid, so I would just not watch new stuff, but it never, like, was because it was, like, anime specifically or anything. So once I started watching anime, then I was like, there's an endless library of this stuff, oh my god. Um, Watch any anime ever. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, There's always, like, the the anime, at least for, like, people that I always talk to, that people consider the, like, non-anime because they aired on, like, Cartoon Network and Toonami and stuff. So, like, Pokemon and Dragon Ball Z and Yu-Gi-Oh! and those animes that are, like, when people watch them. But if you had to, like, go out of your way to watch shows, then, like, those were the more, like, um, that's, like, not something that most people would just consume and watch. But, yeah, I think a lot of the big ones back then were, like, definitely Naruto, of course, Bleach, that was my technically first one that I went out of my way to watch. Um, Death Note was up there, which I think is the one that you've seen, right? Yes, th- I've seen Death Note and I've seen Miyazaki and that's it. Like, what is, <laughs> so, like, what is Bleach about, for instance? I know, like, what Dragon Ball Z is about generally, but... Uh, it's one of the bigger shonen, so it is a little bit long. It's pretty much about this a guy, Ichigo, uh becomes a what's called a soul reaper which is people that essentially like afterlife reapers the people that fight hollows and save humans it's actually it's been so long so i'm gonna butcher the plot a bit but it's actually coming back also which is amazing though because it's finally finishing um the anime series but uh wouldn't it be the best twist though if it was just like he was a house cleaner and he was just like bleaching like floors and stuff like that and that was what the anime was see yeah that would be that would be the the smart thing to do but he went with the boring route of making really cool swords (laughs) and characters so (laughs) no but it 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 evolved a bit but it mainly was just fighting yeah like because that's a lot of these like shonens all kind of do that where they start off very like this is like the the simple kind of fun plot where characters are just joking they're in school and doing stuff and then like the serious plot like comes and turns and but that's like the main premise is that it consists of like soul reapers where there's uh the soul society so he becomes he's like a half human half soul reaper i think is what it is technically um or i don't remember the specifics but yeah most soul reapers like are dead they're humans who have like died and you know that was not the best explanation like of Bleach, but there's really not it that much It was like Danny story. Phantom. They what? So it's like Danny Phantom. <laughs> oh my gosh, I never thought of that. <laughs> In a weird way, I think, yeah, I guess it kind of is. Uh, yeah, there's, there really isn't too much story to Bleach. I think this guy, like, he had really cool, like, characters and fights and just designs, but then, like, because the series became so popular, like, Shonen Jump or whatever company, like, made him just keep writing, and so he was kind of forced to just make story and do stuff, um... But, it'd be like that yeah but that's bleach and it's it's a great one to start with but it is a bit long and yeah there's other ones like it, it kind of depends on i guess the age that you would start watching it like i know there are shows like soul leader and Oran high school host club that are like really popular amongst in middle school more so i mean i watched both of those in high school so i'm not talking but actually soul leader was end of middle school but um and then full metal alchemist also is one that like 
is my personal favorite and like transcends like people that's another one that came out like it first had an original series but they didn't follow the original source material so then they remade it and then it did and um apparently both are good i haven't seen the one that didn't follow the material but it's like pretty good for the most part but but yeah those are like kind of the 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 i, I don't i guess old is not if that's the right word or not but like yeah at least early decade influence old, decade to two decade old anime and then if you want to go into like Evangelion and those are like even older and stuff. Um, those we, how there. about we save it for another another episode where we yeah. talk about all the animes. And yeah, like, okay, yeah. that's a thing. If you want me to ramble forever, I can do that on, on animes. So yes, we'll save it for another episode. But okay, yeah, so, so that's that's I just all of that kind of is what made me be like, I want to be a part of this. And so I, I chose the, the career path of editing and just I'm still, you know, figuring things out. I'm only I've graduated college two years ago only, so I still still a baby so i'm looking for you know exactly what i want to do and where where things will go but um yeah just just the passion and the enjoyment that i got out of media growing up is why i chose to do editing so um i guess what if, what are some of the things that you sort of learned on the team when you were when you were like just started to be on the team like is it like like tell me what it's like to collab with other creative people it's interesting yeah you you realize that there is a lot of responsibility not only for yourself but for the other person or people that you're working with when you collab so it really is like it may seem like not a lot of work sometimes or like you know things can just be like ah it's fine or like you know but when you do when you have that attitude when you're working with people it can hold everybody back and cause a lot of issues if you're not taking things seriously or at least communicating about it but yeah no I learned a lot from the team I mean I really my college was great. I mean, I had a great experience there and it did get me that good kickstart, but that was kind of really all it was. So like I really <laughs> just learned the basics, but it was a state school. So, you know, it wasn't. Um, yeah. I mean, that's the thing like that I'm learning more and more is just like, you know, if you, if you go to a state school for like any artistic thing, like you're fucked essentially. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were, I was ranting about that last night because I'm, it's just frustrating because it's, you know, people are capitalizing on other people's children's ambition. And, but like, realistically, you need, you need to have a school that has, you know, knows how to do specific programming or else either you're teaching it your, it to yourself or you're just, you know, crying every night. So, <laughs> yeah. And that was like, go ahead. Oh no. Yeah. No, that that's just how it is. And like, you know, uh, I'm not a professor, so I, I don't know what it's like to do the teaching and stuff, but it also kind of depends on that because, like, you know, I had the one professor in my radio class was the best professor I ever had, and he, you know, the amount he taught us and kickstarted was just so good and everything. But then, you know, other professors in other classes when, like, they don't push you at all, and that was kind of a problem in my school specifically is that, like, the because it was a communications major and it was kind of combined into like the journalism public speaking and just that and then also like the media filming and all this and a lot of times people were in classes they didn't really care about um and so that that kind of then you know passionate people are working with not as passionate people and then you have some professors that are just giving you easy assignments and doing stuff where you're not really pushed or learning and so if you kind of like yeah. you had, like you said if we had schools that really had programs catered to this and, and professors that were invested where everybody was in the same mindset then it would i mean i'm sure they exist somewhere i just didn't go there but yeah so um yeah and that's what i'm um, like me going back to school like now that's something that i'm learning now that i'm in a more competitive school with actual career advising that it, like can actually get me somewhere it's just like oh man this is so easy but like Oh uh, man, you really have to be 
you know, in the right place in the right time in order just to break in. Because everyone wants to break in. Because everyone wants to fucking make cartoons as a job. Because it sounds like fun, the best thing that you could ever do, essentially. And for some people that are really um, hyper-focused on this kind of stuff, it, like, you know, it just doesn't seem like there's any other option, especially artistically. So, you know, it does suck, um... I guess is the point that I'm trying to make. And so that will be a continuing theme until I'm able to go back to LA and get a job. It's just like, man, this all sucks. I just want, I just hate, hate it. So <laughs> yeah. Naive me back in like early college being like, Oh yeah. New York is New York city is a busy place. I'm sure I can find some like studio to work at and like help make cartoons and edit and do stuff. And then I'm just like, you need how many years of experience? <laughs> Yeah, I can't get without the job, the usual, you know, but yeah, so, um, but if you don't have access to any of those things, then you need just fucking art and hope you get lucky, put it on the the internets and and pray to the art garage, but (laughs) um, yeah, and that's why I like the team specifically, because it gives people, because we're, you know, because it's non-profit based, it gives people more opportunities to get better, and I know, like, the minute if I ever wanted to go on on a profit model, like, it would be a different game. Like, everyone would try to be like, oh, yeah, like, I want to make money doing art, like, just the things we're talking about. And now it's suddenly super competitive, and those people that maybe want to get better at the X thing, you know, don't have a place to go and get better at the X thing because, you know, now it's just professionals and hiring professionals, and (sighs) it's, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's something I keep on toying with, but I just... It's it, it can get complicated, and I'm afraid of that complexity, I suppose. So. Right, yeah. Well, what what would you like to talk about next? What aspect would you like to talk about next? Um, I don't really have too much of a preference. I guess uh, if you want the biggest lesson I've learned from just working in a team, especially with people online, I could talk about that a little bit. Sure. Yeah, so the biggest lesson I learned that you have stressed to me and stressed to everybody on the team always and everything is communication, which is the podcast name. <laughs> <laughs> but it I mean, really kind is... of, but it's it's spelled like crusty crab, so it's not like technically spelled correctly. Yes, this is this, this is true. Edit all the things. <laughs> I've never thought of it like that. The the chat the podcast name being like the crusty crab. Yeah, well, you know, well, yeah, because communi- like in Kim Possible, she calls the communicator with a K, not like a C. So it's <laughs> like a communicator. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I did understand the pun at least. It was imagine I was yeah, you, for you, two you, years and I was you, like, you got that, you got that. I mean, there's some <laughs> oh. people on the team who are just like, I don't know, what's a Kim Possible? I'm just like, why are you here? <laughs> so oh my, did we get? I don't remember if we. This is a little bit off topic, but I don't know if we were. Someone came like the. I've met Anthony before. He came to one con, and at the conventions, people are always like. Oh yeah, I used to watch you all the time when I was into My Little Pony, and now I forgot you existed until just now. And I'm just like, eh, thanks. So I usually get like a couple of those, but like this last con, I got like half, like half of the people who interacted with me were saying things like that, and it's it's I like I know they're not doing it on purpose, but like hearing that all day is just like, oh yeah, I used to watch you when I cared about you, and now I know, and it's just kind of sucks. Um, I'm still a person. But I still exist. I still exist. I still live. So, um, but sometimes at conventions, people think I, I'm I'm the voice of Kim Possible. So I was. I don't think we got any of those at the the Grand Rapids Con, but you know that's happened before too. 
Right, yeah, I remember you've talked about that as well. Yeah, I don't think there was anybody, but that does sound pretty funny if that ever happened. But, um, yeah, so, like, when it comes to communication, I guess, just, like, it's so important. And which is, I think it's just, that's just the biggest lesson I've learned in life with anything. Because I've just come to learn as I've gotten older that no one knows how to communicate and no one ever will know how to communicate, which is a very cynical approach to it. But like, you know, young, old people just have trouble with communications. And of course, it's not easy sometimes and it depends on the situation, of course. But specifically for a team environment like this, you know, like you don't always ask for a lot when it comes to communication. It's kind of just like check your messages and have Discord open. But like a lot of times people, some some people are great and will communicate always and just always have their phone on or something, but then other people just don't answer and it's always just like, where are you? Which I'm, I'm guilty of too, you know, I'm not always like immediate <laughs> responder kind of thing, of course, but if it's ever like something serious or work related, I guess is, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, I, like so there's a couple of times where I'm like, hey, Anthony, things have exploded. I'm texting you and, <laughs> and I'm just like, like, oh, what happened? I'm just... <laughs> Five hours later, like, what happened? My I was at my cousin's and my car exploded and then... Or not my car exploded, my car... I remember the other... Recently, there was, yeah, the incident where my phone was, like, not working, but I got your text, so I was trying to call you back. But it was overheated, so I couldn't. And I was like, no, I have to be in my car or I'll get a ticket. But uh, anyway, side tangent. Um, but yeah, just communicating on any group project or team thing. I know it sounds like such an obvious, like, thing to say, such an obvious statement, but uh, it just goes such a long way when you are constantly just communicating and being open and honest about things and never just kind of like harboring feelings or just, you know, this this communication goes into a lot of different topics, but like, you know, especially when you're working with a team of people and you're online, it's not like someone that you see in the office that you can talk to and do stuff where you're forced to interact. It's like, you know, you can hide away forever on the internet. And so when you're in this team environment, that's something when I became a head is definitely what I noticed where, you know, back when I was just an editor, I was, you know, sometimes I wouldn't get in touch with people. It was fine, whatever. Or I get back eventually, like when, or they would get back to me eventually. But as a head, when you're trying to keep track of things and manage things as well, um, it gets a little bit more chaotic when people aren't answering or, you know, just not. Yeah. Yeah. Finishing things. I mean, like even dealing with like this, Treasure Planet Reanimate, which is almost done. Everyone, we we have one more yes, scene that so needs to close. be assigned, and then we gotta we gotta assign the cover art. I mean, not the cover art, the the, the cover track to to someone to do. But um, it's 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 gonna get done. I promise. All this stuff will get done. I'm just this Lion King documentary is like kicking the shit out of me, but that will get done too eventually. We. But, um, you know, I, one of the reasons I realized on hindsight it took so long is, pe- like, people just weren't communicating as much as I uh, would have liked. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of times people just don't want to be the bad guy. They don't want to feel like, you know, if, if someone's volunteering to do something, that they don't want to have to say, like, hey, we need to buy this date or whatever. And, you, like, finding that middle ground of, like, you know, I don't want to be a I don't want to be a butthole to you, but you know, we do need your scene so it gets done. Because if it doesn't get done, then we're gonna have to reassign it anyway. So you know, for the sake of the group, you need to be able to turn something in essentially. Right. Yeah, and I'm I'm guilty of that as well because I am incapable of yelling at people 
But I think also then there's there's you when you sign up for things and you do things, there is that responsibility and accountability that you're held for. So, you know, it's not even like you're being mean by being like, hey, I'm just checking in or, you know, like, do you have any progress to show? Because then suddenly when, yeah, like a deadline's coming up and there's no work, it's like, well, what do we do kind of thing? And especially, yeah, with trying to find it. It's not even so much like checking in. It's to the point where so- where you know someone's going to have to be let go or so- you're going to have to like give them an, like essentially an ultimatum where I'm just like, hey, I don't mean to be this way, but like you said X date, it's been Y date and, you know, we like everyone else is waiting on you. It, it gets to the point where everyone else is kind of dependent on on your turnaround so like mm-hmm. you know that's that's the common thing and like something that you know now anthony is seeing too that not a lot of people not a lot of people realize until they're like on leadership is there's because it's nonprofit. there's so many people who have different expectations about like wanting be being nice and wanting to do something but because they've never had a job before or they've never been able to change their responsibility or center the responsibility whatever then it becomes challenging and I guess like it's different because like you know when you find people that are passionate about this kind of stuff it's a different relationship I suppose compared to someone who feels like they're just doing work or like Mm -hmm. why am I doing this and you know yeah and I think with this team specifically also a lot of people then do kind of just see it as more like Oh, it's fun. And we, we of course, do, you know, like, especially with me doing interviews now, I'm very always reassuring to people of, like, oh, yeah, like, we are totally understanding that we're volunteering, you know, we, like, your time is very valuable, so always just let us know and keep us updated with, like, work or other stuff like that. But I think because it is that nonprofit, people still are very, like, they it doesn't connect sometimes with people, and so that, that idea of it just being a fun hobby kind of still sticks. Um mm-hmm. Which, you know, is, is like, if that's how you see it, like, that's, you know, it's okay. Have fun. Like, of course, you know, that's the point and stuff. But you are signing up for, like, a commitment still. (laughs) No fun allowed here. (laughs) You know, like, if if anything's, like, you know, at the end of the day, if anything's going to get done, then it has to, you know, have some kind of structure around it. So. Yeah, especially with a group of people. Because the larger any team gets, then the more, you know, pieces there are to worry about and the more things can go wrong. So, but. Yeah, and no one, like, most of the people from my experience on the team have never had bad intentions or, you know, like, had issues when when they, like, couldn't commit after, like, only a short time and stuff. But I think it's just, it is important. Like, you know, you never know what's going to come up in life, but just always, like, you know, see what you're able to do. Because we have had some people that, like, you know, people who are just late to meetings or, like, just don't really do work where it's, like... Like, sometimes, like, I, again, if you have a reason, obviously it's totally understandable, but then when we've had times where people just, like, didn't do an assignment or just, just like, haven't, like, updated or anything where it's just, like, what what happened? Like, you know, I'm, I told, like, I'm not scary. I told you, like, anytime you have any questions or concerns, like, you could talk to us, but. I, th- I think people some, don't think, like, people don't think like that because it's the same, like, the same kind of thinking of, like, oh, you know, if you're, pro- you ask your professor if you have any questions and. Yeah, you know, no one ever does because they don't want to like you know they don't want to deal with that one one and you know that kind of thing and it mm-hmm. you know guess, it sucks yeah. and but it is it it be like that sometimes. I've just always been a square in life, and so like even though this is just a volunteer thing on the internet, like I could just like you know stop messaging and just disappear from the face of the earth, uh, and like you know it's because this is online, so you really don't wouldn't have a way to track me. But like the thought of like actually doing that or like just you know 
You know, I guess, actually, you could do that in real jobs too, to be fair. One time at my old retail job, some guy left during the training. So that was the like, <laughs> fastest in history for the store of quitting a job. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it's, it's just, you did know. Did he like, like tell you? Did he was just like nope him out? Like, did he say anything? It was like he, a quick side story, he like was getting upset that he had to do the training and he was like, this training is boring. Like I want, well, first, like one of the employees caught him on his phone during it. Then he was like, this training is boring. I just want to get like, you know, done with it and just start working. But he also wanted to be like a manager, he had said when he was like first coming in to like, like apply and stuff. And it was like, look, I know the training is like a little tedious, a little long. Yes, there's like obvious things in it, but like you have to do it, especially if you want to be a manager. And like, he like apparently just like said, this is stupid or something and then left. And then he like came back with like Dunkin' Donuts or something and then talked to my manager or something. I forget what happened. I, she thought like she got recorded by him when he came back and stuff. It was, it was a bit of a mess, but. Oh yeah. yeah. What, what, what job was, was it like a retail job or something? It was Staples, just a supply store. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that was, that was, I, I was fortunate because for retail jobs, it really wasn't that bad. We just had mostly elderly people who were nice and calm and stuff, but back to school, like got, is when it got crazy. Cause you know, everybody's rushing in to get supplies and things, but yeah, I don't know why he just like, it's, it's not a stressful job either. So if he just did the training, it would have been, you know, but how, much, how do I reach yeah. these kids? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just tie it into, I guess, with what I was saying, just communicating with people and letting people know your situation can go a long way because more people will be understanding you'll get a mean boss of course in life at some point you know and people who are just unreasonable but letting people know and being honest can can go a long way as well yeah shrug sigh um (laughs) do you have any like specific examples i mean obviously without naming people but do you have like any like uh bad cases of people we've had to deal with in the past that sometimes like I mean, hopefully not a lot. Like No, yeah. I, I mean, throughout my time on the team, like, everybody has been good and a lot, like, you know, we haven't really had bad people join, thankfully. But there was, you know, one person that we had that, you know, he was so enthusiastic during the interview and then, like, you know, the first meeting or something, too. And he asked me a question about his assignment and then just never came back also. So that was interesting. Um, but like, I, I answered his question too, where I was like, Oh, I, I got back to him a little bit later. I was like, Hey, sorry. Like here, if this is what you need to know. And then just was gone. Um, but yes, we did. We do have the one, you know, famous person who, so it was my second person I interviewed. And I feel like the first big red flag should have been the fact that the interview was, it was at least a half hour, but I think it maybe was like a whole hour. Um, actually, no, I'm sorry. It was an hour because interviews tend to go like 20 minutes to, you know, depending and stuff. So it was like an hour and the interview just started, I think with like, before I can even ask a question was just like, so let me tell you about like what I do and myself and all of this stuff. Um, which is like, you know, it's good to, to be confident and like to say like, oh yeah, let me tell you about myself. But like I, this person was a little bit older. So we were of course, you know, going to be like, there was a lot of things that we were thinking about where like everyone and the team is much younger so we don't know how they'll blend with the dynamic and then also like you know because this person is older like i'm going to be super respectful to them and make sure that you know like they don't think i'm just because i'm it was that was a weird dynamic that i had being much younger than someone but also a higher position than them uh because that's not something i ever experienced so that was something i had learned on the team um so i was very going to be making sure you know to respect and and you know always make sure like this person doesn't feel like I'm undermining them at all. And yeah, the interview just kind of went on with uh, them talking about 
nothing that we were going to really, not nothing we were going to go over, but just like this one whole program that they were working on and doing. And, um, you know, they were, they were being hired for the editor position and they were just talking about all of the art stuff that they did and how, you know, their art teacher was, uh, teaching things wrong in, in the college that they were attending, which I think you, KP, might have said wasn't actually incorrect, like the teacher was correct um, with the specific thing. I can't remember what it was, though, but it was something with animating, I believe, or okay. something. Uh, and, yeah, so that was that was just the start of it, but we were... So we were a little skeptical from, from the beginning. Um, but then, you know, like, again, with communication, it's, you know, I feel like I would try to after a little while of, you know, because once, I guess I'm jumping around a bit, I apologize, but uh, after, you know, he joined the team, uh, the meetings then kind of started to become his meetings, and, like, he was talking more than KP was talking uh, about just, you know, random stuff, and it wasn't just, like, the first day introduction, it was, like, each meeting was kind of, like, you know, other team members even were also, like, very politely, like, this is a little, like, He's just not. No one actually. No. No one actually said anything. But like, people were just. Get, like, you can tell there was a little bit of like he was just kind of dictating the meetings to himself. No one wanted to be rude and say like he was talking too much. But to be blunt about it, he was just going on about things that don't matter. And you know, not that they don't matter. Not relevant, rather to to the team meeting, I should say. And yeah, it just kind of then like he. You know, we had a few talks with him to like communicate it. You know, tried the best we could to like, you know respectfully be like hey you know like if you can just you know during meetings like just again it was very it was a it was a different situation because you don't want to tell someone who's older than you how to act appropriately but when they were being more rude and apologies for being blunt but immature than the younger people on the team it did get a little bit tricky then and like wonder how to handle it um but we did i think handle it well and then uh eventually we were just in one meeting and we thought things were better because we had talked about it. But then he just dropped out of the call and didn't say anything. And then I had to message him and email him a few days later to be like, hey, is everything okay? And he had uh, resigned from the team at that point. Yeah, um, that was a mess too because there was some miscommunication. And I was like, I'm not mad. You know, like there was just something that, you know, miscommunications happen because we work online constantly with people. And then he, he took it super, super personally. And then... Um, like, I guess he, he felt like he, I thought he wasn't doing his job right or something like that. And then, I don't know, I think he went off on you, right, Anthony? He did a bit, yeah. It was a, a one of those kind of strongly worded emails at the end, but he ended up not even responding, I think, after the, like, I quit email, so. That's but, fine, you know. Yeah, yeah, and it was a lot of, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's just, that's just how it was. Um I remember just, like, during, during like, the interview or, like, whenever you would talk, like, you know, it, it wasn't even, like, you could really have a conversation, which sounds mean to say, but it was, like, sometimes I would just, like, put a word in or, like, after he stopped, I would do something and he would just be, like, wait, I'm still talking or, like, you know, or, like, oh, are you listening? Are you following and stuff? And I'm, like, yes, I swear I am, like, you know. Yeah. So just, just kind of things about communicating that were not the best way to do it. And then once it became a team environment and, you know, it was during meetings and stuff. Yeah, it became a little problematic. But I think overall, we also like determined that he was probably just promoting his program. I didn't, I didn't touch on that as yeah. much during the story, but he would do a lot of extra work with the program, and or not even a lot, but he was trying to do just like a few things to like push this program. And we were very much like, oh hey, like thank you for this. Like this is awesome. Like we'll, you know, if we can use it, like we'll do it. But right now, like no one, you know, and he even flat out said like, I'm not going to teach anyone on the team how to do it. I'm just going to like 
supply it. And it was a program that cost money and, you know, or like, I think some of the assets did. And so of course, like we can't expect people on the team to buy this then. So, you know, we tried to explain, I, I guess I should have started with that. Cause this is more of like where the problem came from, but like he, <laughs> he was pushing this so much and he would get offended when like, we didn't use it or want to use it. And we kept trying to have to explain like, no, like we, this is really cool and this could be good, but like no one here knows how to do this. Like if we're not asking you to teach everybody, but also if you want us to use it, we might need your help to like, you know, tutor or do a little bit of something. And, you know, like it would just be a lot of that of like trying to force this program and do it when like, and we were working on, I think, I don't remember what we were doing at the time. I feel like there was something kind of big or bigger that we were working on. And so I think we were working on the core, the core part of Lion King stuff. Like, you know, I think, yeah, there was core Lion King, like Anastasia was, I think going on also. And that was like a bigger project that I like, you know, also had a part in. It was like three of us were working on it and it was like a long video. But yeah, yeah. uh, for, for the sake of the podcast, like I'll just define like the Lion King itself is pretty much done. We're just waiting. We're just mixing the credit song. And we've been mixing the credit song for like two months because we're trying to get it past uh, content ID. But that's really the last thing before we start promoting it. But, you know, like uh, what we were talking about is the core, like the main part of the video was was being edited at that time. So there were a bunch of different stuff, project thingies going on. So, yeah, that's that's I think what it was then. Um, So just it was not the best time to try to do this. And, you know, so when you have someone pushing something that they're not really even willing to like teach or do that much, it was it was a little bit a little bit tough but yeah and and to be fair i think sometimes i give people too much of the benefit of the doubt um where you know like in cases like that i'm just like oh well you know he's older and he probably just wants a a, a, an outlet and you know maybe everyone is younger but maybe we it's something we can work with if he's you know mature mature enough and obviously that didn't work out but you know sometimes (laughs) And sometimes those situations do bite me in the butt when someone just can't, not in a way that's that's malicious uh, lately anyway. It's a lot of times people just have problems committing to what they agreed to do. And then it's just like, okay, well, I, I kind of just wasted my time talking to this person about programming and talking to this per- person about like X, Y, and Z when they're just like, oh, actually, I'm going to, I'm going to peace out, yo. Um, so that's where my frustration is. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I know, I know no one does it on purpose, but you know, that's where I'm just kind of like, and it's also just like, you know, I know it's not realistic, but I want to mitigate, you know, as many people come and go as I can, just because it's, it's, you know, it's hard to keep on working with people that you don't know, especially with all of the problems we've had in the past. Um, But, you know, I know it's kind of the nature of the beast too. So it's just a matter of trying to find people that want to have an outlet and also want to learn an environment that, you know, they can have the flexibility to do so, but but also be willing to be accountable for for things and not just think it's fun. It's not, well, it's not only fun. It's it's you know you you still gotta you still gotta be somewhat responsible. Yeah, in anything in life, you always have to you know have some level of responsibility and care. Of course, don't you know touch the stove when it's on. Push the stove. When it's on. <laughs> <laughs> that was my my very intelligent analogy to connect what you said to it but yeah that's that's definitely the bit of the the problem here and like I know you always you ask me or you worry for like me because I also am the one interviewing people a lot and like when it doesn't work out it also can be tiring and it's, it's not like it's really fine when people doesn't work out but at the same time it is a little bit like 
repetitive where, yeah, the same kind of thing happens where you talk to someone, they're super enthusiastic and they sound all good and great. And then like they realize, oh, I I can't commit to this kind of thing. And then it's like, right. I mean, I think it's just kind of a stressor for me because I get really excited about like, oh, this like I want, you know, because it's 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 nice having safe people that I feel creatively trusting. But, you know, I think some of like some of my the things I've I've messed up is not only giving people too much of the benefit of the doubt, but like, you know, not being aware of people's own issues and emotional um, maturity levels. You know, if people don't have another job or another outlet, then how are they going to respond to a boss, even if it's just like in a a more relaxed environment, essentially? And can they even handle that? Like I, I, there was one time, I think before you were on the team, um, where where someone just didn't want it like they were like I still want to be on the team but I just don't want to be accountable for anything I just want to play video games and like he would not be able to to get his work turned in because he wanted to play video games or something and he just straight out said that and <laughs> um you know I'm just like okay well you know I can, there's nothing really I can do you know you can like you know if you don't want to do the mini- minimum you can't just bum just you can't just be in the group chat and he's like well i like being on the team and i'm just like i can't can't help you my dude like you know yeah (laughs) yeah that's that's like a little bit of a tougher situation i don't remember this so it definitely was before my no um i think ola was there um if you want to ask him about it yeah essentially um it was situations like that where you know and a lot of a lot of creative people are high on the spectrum which is something to consider too like they're not you know the reason someone might be doing this is like maybe they have some kind of disability where they're limited as far as what they can do, you know, outside the internet. And, you know, that's fine, but it's just a matter of communication and trying to pick up where they're coming from, if that that makes sense. So, yeah, exactly. And, and being ahead and interviewing and doing this with all these people and helping manage the team as well has helped me with that and being able to read people a little bit better because I I'm definitely the type to like not to also give the benefit of the doubt and like not look in the bad of people like I'll never do that and I won't pick up on signs and stuff but that is a skill I have obtained here and again not that I've there's been like toxic people or things but just being in that position and having to do that research then and you know having the rare problematic person or so has helped like pick up on just signs and even like not even like toxic but just like any level of emotional intelligence you you come to learn different people have different needs and different you know just ways of communicating and stuff as well so, mm-hmm. yeah, and that, and that is why, you know, I think it is good to give people the benefit of the doubt always. Um, but at the same time, like you said, you need a level of responsibility and accountability because, you know, it's, it's yeah, everybody, when, when, when everybody does it, um, correct, or how do I say, like, you know, if, if depending, every, if it's a case-by-case basis, but, like, you know, if, if this is something that you are capable of doing, then, like, it's something that you will be yeah, held accountable for. Did, did you want to add anything else? I think that's, I think I'm good with that. If Unless you have any more things to add. I think that's mostly it. I mean, it's been a lot of fun being on the team. I think it's been very enjoyable. Hence why I'm still here and also one of the head positions. <laughs> but I, you're, I think... Well, yeah, you're, at, you're, you're the only head right now because we got to, we got to. Oh, it's true. Yeah, yeah, I am. I have all the power now. <laughs> all the power. You are. You are the real KP. Um, <laughs> Team AD. I just revealed my last name. Oh no, my last name is D. Your last name is D. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. No. I, I guess. I guess. Just. I can. I can ramble forever. So I think this is a a good point to wrap it up. But um. 
Yeah, just if anybody out there is is going to be working on projects or doing things or working with other people, just yeah, as I said before, always communicate and let people know and and uh, yeah. Okay. Um, to end too, what was your, what has been your favorite uh, video to work on? You think? Ooh, that is tough. Um, let's see. I think everyone has been really fun to work on. That's the thing. Like Shira, I had no idea, but that like introduced me to it, and that was the first one. But I think maybe the haunted mansion was one of my favorites. That that might be my favorite, which was a bit of an older one I did. Um, yeah, but. I really enjoyed the Bruno one that I just did. I, I like that one. No one else did. <laughs> it's in Kanto KP, not Enchant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that one was a lot of fun to do. Um, Rick and Morty's always fun. Rudolph, even I never was like huge on Rudolph, but like I like now I like Rudolph more because I was able to work on that video. And so like, I like to. Yeah. And like, and that's the good thing about stuff. having flexible flexibility is like, I want to do a Rudolph video like forever. And now I'm like, I could finally do it. No one will care, but you know. So if you if you guys want to learn about how, why Rudolph isn't isn't in all your favorite Christmas shorts, then copyright is the short answer, but the long answer is. <laughs> but you know, I'm hoping we're where the team is planning to go to MomoCon. Like I'll, I was a guest at winter the the winter convention. And I'll you know I'm planning to be a guest or the planning to be a guest again. Whatever whatever I can say without being entitled. Um, so I'm hoping that I, we get some more positive interactions because I think the most draining thing about all of the creativity is realizing, um, kind of pushing through when, you know, it just doesn't feel like it's going to end and you're like, who are these people? And do I still feel creative and stuff like that? Cause I used to go to cons like, you know, every other month or so. And now it's just like every once in a while at this point because of school. So, you know, I think that's also why I've just been experiencing kind of a slight burnout in general lately is just who are these people you know but Mm -hmm. hopefully that will get better if there's any person that likes conventions and want to see me at the conventions tell your local staff or whatever yeah go politely submit an application and tell them to bring kp because then i can also go yeah then you can also go all right. Um. So I don't know when we're going to do a, a new podcast recording. I guess just as needed, you know, as there's updates on the channel or just things to um, I feel are interesting to talk about. Um. You know, maybe like once something new drops, that's really good. Like, um, I'm gonna save Spider Man. I don't know. Maybe we'll get to Spider Man. I'm just afraid we're not gonna get to Spider Man fast enough that it will be relevant, and then we're just like, oh man, we put all this effort into this video and no one cares because. No way home is is not relevant anymore. But and <laughs> um, um, but hopefully for a while you know, it'll be. It left an impact. So yeah, I did see that movie at least. I'm not that much. You did under, see. Under you a saw rock. that. You saw the one movie. <laughs> but also to be fair, I saw the second Spider Man the day before because I knew I was seeing the third. So <laughs> <sighs> the Tom Holland second one or like uh, the Tom Holland second one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I've seen. Sure. I haven't seen any of the Andrew Garfield, actually, and then I, I've seen the Tobey Maguires back in the day, but it's been a hot Every, minute. Everyone's seen the Tobey Maguires. Of course, um, yeah. It, you know, I, I really hope people will get a kick out of my, my Tobey Maguire dog, so that will be Tobey Maguire coming to a convention near you soon. Once you have the, the a convention in New York, we can get Tobey at the pizza place. 
Oh yeah, we can. Oh yeah, yeah. Because oh, for context, um, I guess the pizza place that was in uh, Spider-Man Two is close to where um, Anthony is around. I guess maybe not lives. So we were just gonna get some stupid pictures of my dog named Toby Wire in the pizza. Place. Yeah, they have like a little banner that's like, "This is where Spider-Man was shot," and I didn't look hard enough to see if there was a picture there, but like, I'm sure there's something else. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah, I also, I don't think I'll make a video video about this, but I probably will want to talk about um, the Obi-Wan series when it comes out, too. It's, like, the only Star Wars thing I'm slightly interested in. (laughs) (laughs) We need a a fresh batch of me. I'm not a big Star Wars person myself also, and so I don't really know or keep up with too much. However, the Star Wars memes, especially prequel memes, are great, so a new batch of Obi-Wan memes is going to be... This is is what we live for. If we don't get any, if we don't get a high ground meme reference in like the first couple of episodes i'm just like you know i'm just peacing out yo (laughs) (laughs) but think about if we do like that writer on the team that knows all the memes i added that in there for the fans like people are gonna lose it so no i mean like well they put a high ground meme in mandalorian so i'm sure we'll get a high ground context yeah Mm -hmm. so and well i only i i watched like i think half of season one of mandalorian um, my younger brother, Adam, is really, not, I mean, not really into Star Wars, but he keeps up with all lore and stuff like that. So if there's questions, I just ask him. So I, like, I think I asked him a couple months ago about like, Adam, why is, why does the Mandalorian look like Bo- Boba Fett is, I'm confused. So things like that. Yeah, it's, that's about how I do it too. Yeah. So, but I do, Obi-Wan's the best and, you know, I do have a soft spot for the prequels because, you know, every nostalgia and, and stuff like that. So, um. We'll see what happens. I mean, Ian McGregor's Obi-Wan is, you know, the toppest tier that you can get. So Yeah, it can't get better. So, All right. So um, if you guys have any suggestions, um, if we, you know, I can always steal. I mean, I'm not going to speak for you, Anthony, but I assume I can always steal you if I'm just like, hey, let's just do a, a just chill podcast. Um, yeah, but, of course. I mean, um, this was a lot of fun and I can ramble about anything forever so you can be acknowledged for your work and not just like a a, a credit that (laughs) people might notice i did it this is this is yeah i i exist i am an editor kp acknowledging other people for their work that doesn't (laughs) that doesn't exist (laughs) push the edit button anthony (laughs) i just yeah that's actually all it takes i just hit the edit button and then i go to sleep and then i cry when it was too much work (laughs) (laughs) Okay, um, but yeah, so as always, um, main channel support, please, please give all of it, um, I I know the Bruno video sucked apparently, but we're coming out with some new fun, um, videos too, I'm writing a script about, um, the, the video game I mentioned earlier, um, in the Bruno video about Edith Finch, so if you want to, um, I'll mention it in the video itself, but if you want to play that or look at that before the video comes out, then, um recommend i don't think you'll need to if you if you really just don't want to watch any pre-existing media beforehand but it is it is really good if you like being sad um anthony did you like did you like the edith finch story since i made you watch it yeah i loved it it was so good it was just very it it really was just like a nice little like cinematic experience and the whole styles and changes and i won't talk about it too much so you can of course talk about it in your video but just everything they did was just really cool and maybe i haven't played enough things similar but it was very unique to me so yeah so like i like something i say in the script it's like hey 
like get let's like, let's get like a Netflix adaption of this. Like I would fucking love you know watch the shit out of that. Um, oh, that'd be great. Yeah. So um, you know, yeah. um, so you can play that or you can watch a walkthrough of it on YouTube if you don't want to spend money either way. Um, and then obviously we got some more Kim Possible videos coming up. I'll probably do the Lilo and Stitch crossover shortly, probably after this one, and then. Probably some more top tens until Momocon, where I think we'll probably do Treasure Planet or Lion King for Momocon, depending on which one ever gets done first. Woo! So, woo, woo come to Momocon, see me, give me your money, and I'll draw you things. And you Anthony will be, be there too. I will be on the sidelines, not drawing. You can pet Toby for free. Oh, yes, I, I, I get to be on Toby duty, I hope. So, yeah, well, I got, um, this is a side note, but I got Toby a, um, like a heart, a Spider-Man harness. So, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's wonderful. And and he just, I just got him a life jacket because um, we go swimming sometimes with him, and it's got a little, um, it's got a little shark fin on it. Oh, Toby's <laughs> the best boy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he needs he's 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 a shy boy, but we're getting there. But all right, um, and then you know, tell your friends about the content that I still exist and. You know, hopefully Lion King will help so I'm slightly more relevant. Knock on wood. Um, Thanks for listening. Have a happy day. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Animation Communication on YouTube, Spotify, or your favorite podcast provider. We are really hoping this show makes a difference in how people view animation and media as well as giving and providing advice for people all over the world who like or want to join the animation or media industry. If you liked what you heard, please remember to subscribe and rate those five stars, as well as tell your friends. Don't forget to subscribe to our main YouTube channel, I Love Kim Possible A Lot, and turn those notifications on. My name is Scribbler, and you have been listening to Animation Communication.